0: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. And what do we do in a mailbag? We answer your questions. And you got a lot of them. A lot of questions submitted on Twitter at Spirit Ben. In my mentions, we're going to get to every single one of them. you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review, Talk of Champions, and iTunes. And when you do... Leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions, and I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, Spirit.com and Food ofOleM3.com. Brad, what's up?
1: What's up, dude? So Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. voice check. It's getting a little bit better. You know, I, I lost it there for about three good days. Felt like um, Matt Luke walking around talking. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> he did have a propensity, not just as head coach, but as an assistant coach, as a player. He lost I, his voice a lot.
1: He lost his voice every – I mean, it didn't even matter. I remember when I went to camp at UT, he was the O-line coach there, and he lost his voice during the camp. And he, ever since I've known the guy, it's like his voice has been gone.
0: Lane Kiffin doesn't lose his voice ever.
1: No. He never changes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he ever yells or anything. I think he just – he's even kill.
0: So Dan Wetzel, who writes for Yahoo Sports – He was on Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty. Friend of the pod, Pat Forty. Not really. He's the worst. And they discussed the upcoming coaching carousel before we jump into the mail back here in college football. And Lane Kiffin came up and he said to Dan Wetzel that his, quote, my best Miami source, or certainly the most interesting Miami source, is Nevin Shapiro. Remember that name? He broke a lot of laws. He went to jail. Nevin is claiming... That the top candidate is Lane Kiffin at Miami with Randy Shannon as the defensive coordinator. I'm just going to simply say this. Miami's the job that I've heard throughout the fall that we've mentioned on this podcast countless times. Miami cannot pay what Ole Miss is going to be willing to pay Lane Kiffin. So if Lane Kiffin leaves to go to Miami, which I don't think is going to happen, he's going to have to turn down $7.5 million at Ole Miss to go make four and a half tops at Miami. And he's still talking about the crowd. He was talking about the crowd at Ole Miss on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday. If you're disappointed in the crowd size and the crowd response and how loud the crowd is, Miami fans, they're non-existent. You're in for a rude awakening, you go to Miami. Now, I think a lot of that crowd stuff is put on by Lane Kiffin. The bottom line is this. Follow the money. And I find it really hard to believe that he would leave Ole Miss, which is a better job than Miami right now, to go to Miami and take significantly less money.
1: Yeah, how many how many times do you think people are going to, or different reporters are going to say, "Hey, Lane, Kiff- Lane Kiffin's our lead candidate." Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's up to what twelve different schools who have said that to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Miami's not what it used to be, and is not going to be. I mean, they're they're they they are they do not have the crowds down there anymore. Um, and why in the world would a coach lead the SEC? This conference with with adding Texas and Oklahoma is about to be the premier spot um, to be as a coach. I just don't I don't see him leaving for Miami. There's a, there's a lot of jobs. I mean I, I know that they, he likes that area um, to live in, but you know money wise, being in this, I mean you go to Miami, you're you're going to be you're um, going to just take it's going to take a very crazy effort to get get to where you want to go there.
0: You know it's kind of BS when the staff is already getting filled out. Randy Shannon, is defensive coordinator, come on. <laughs> that's fantasy yeah. booking stuff. That's nonsense to me. It could yeah. happen. Miami is tempting. That's the job I've spoken of a number of times on this podcast being tempting for Lane Kiffin. I just don't think it's going to happen. Ole Miss can do whatever it wants to money-wise at this point. Well, not whatever it wants to. You can't pay Lane Kiffin $10 million a year. But seven and a half, eight, that's close enough. More than most every other job will pay you. That's yeah. not Alabama and LSU. Because LSU, there's some crazy number being thrown out there. Double digit potentially in the millions for Lincoln Riley. But Bruce Feldman's reporting that Lincoln Riley's not going to happen with LSU. Why would he go to LSU? Oklahoma in the SEC, in my opinion, is equally as good, if not better, than LSU. In the SEC?
1: Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my fault my was hey, you gotta play in the SEC West anyways. Um I don't know, man. I I I like LSU a little bit better you know, that, that I would, um, I just hate Baton Rouge. Yeah, I'm with you there. I definitely don't like the town, but, but as far as, um, the talent, I mean, I just feel like there's so much talent that can be had there. LSU LSU, Auburn, um, Alabama are one of those schools that like, when you play them, they they just look different. You know what I mean? Like you go out on the field and it's like, holy crap. Like, Mm -hmm. They just got a different look. Every guy on the team looks like, you know, looks, looks a little different. So um, very, very good athletes on, on all those teams. I feel like it wouldn't take a lot for him to win there. And, you know, a really good coach could, could absolutely light it up in one of those schools, which is what Nick, Nick Saban essentially doing at Alabama.
0: I think this coaching carousel could end up being pretty insane. But a lot of this stuff with Lane Kiffin is because there are not a lot of obvious candidates, up-and-coming candidates for these jobs. Typically, you see a good candidate pool, you know who the candidates are, ready to take that step up, the hot names. There aren't many. Matt Campbell's been on the hot board of every single important job for years and hasn't left Iowa State. A lot of this has to do with the lack of good candidates for all these jobs. So of course, Lane Kiffin's going to get mentioned. I don't think he's on the list at LSU. It just seems to me that a lot of this has to do With the coaching carousel turning like it always does, it's been sped up a little bit because of the early signing period. So schools are making moves earlier and making hires earlier, which I like. Carousel spinning like it always does. The problem is there's not a lot of information or legitimate information, legitimate candidates out there to fill the void, that bottomless, empty void of speculation and rumors and such.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting whenever whenever big time, so to speak, schools all come up for a new coach at once. It's almost like they would they would almost want to time that better. So it's like if you're Florida right now, would you really want to fire Dan Mullen knowing that LSU is looking for a coach, potentially a couple other schools looking for a coach? I think you know I I think you give Dan Mullen another year down there and. you know, I, I don't think you want too many big time schools looking for, you know, limited amount of candidates. And at the same time, man, some of these coaches, like like for instance, I, I heard this point being made, um, here recently, as a guy like Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Like, some of these guys love where they live. Believe it or not, like they're they're happy. You know, that they, they don't necessarily want to try to go out to another another place where if a Matt Campbell says Iowa State and wins, um, consistently, his pressure is not going to be anything compared to if he takes a USC or one of these jobs where, where it could be two years and done. So, um, you know, some of these guys I think are being being picky and they really enjoy their situation and, and they, they, they like where their family's at.
0: It just doesn't make sense for Billy Napier to still be at ULL. It doesn't make sense if Matt Campbell can move and wants to move for him to still be at Iowa State. So I do think there's something to that. Billy Napier, I don't know what's going on with him.
1: He must really love Lafayette. <laughs> there must be something down there that just like, Really, really makes him happy.
0: I don't know what the deal is. I've heard that there could be a gentleman's agreement with him in Arizona State. That would make some sense, but I always thought he'd be a shoe in for an SEC job, just whichever one he decided he was going to take.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he has a, he's a great resume, um, you know, as far as winning and winning with, with a lot less than what he would be winning, what he, what he would have to offer at other schools, you know. Yeah, Florida would make a lot of
0: sense for him, but I don't know if he goes to Arizona State. It's time to move. All right, that's enough of that. It's time to open the mailbag and answer your questions. This is Talk of Champions. Mail time. Mail time. Oh, oh,
1: the, the mail's here. You've got mail. A special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, "Keep it up. Movies are great."
0: Opening the modern woman mailbag to answer your questions. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, to a Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, Ole dot and a foot of on3.com, starting with Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. What are the most glaring position needs to address for Ole Miss football through the transfer
1: portal? Um, I think number one is obvious: quarterback. Um, it's not—that's it, no knock on Luke Altmaier. It's just um, you know I, I don't think you want to go into the next season putting all your eggs in that basket. I think you'd like to bring in at least some kind of veteran veteran competition. Um, and if you look at, I would say tight end, probably some item, some experience to mix with Hudson Wolf. And um I think you're gonna need a pass rusher as well and a tackle. So that that that's where I would that's where I would start.
0: Wide receiver too. B Ole Miss Club at B Rebel Club. Go over the pros and cons of a transfer portal player versus a high school recruit. A pro for a transfer portal player over a high school recruit is played in games, multi-year contributor most of the time if you're getting a high profile transfer, like Otis Reese. While he was a reserve at Georgia, he played in games. So he comes over and he becomes a starter at Ole Miss. And you're not just getting him for one year. If not for the NCAA nonsense, Ole Miss would have had Otis Reese in secondary for two full years. Jake Springer, same thing. He had to sit out because of the antiquated, now antiquated NCAA transfer rules. With the one-year penalty-free transfer, he wouldn't have had to do that. So Jake Springer is another good example. So what you're doing is you're getting experience. You're getting veterans You're getting guys that essentially you can plug in place, just like the NFL with free agency. A lot of the times you see, like, for example, Michael Gallup's going to be a free agent after this year with the Cowboys. Michael Gallup is a dynamic wide receiver in the NFL, but he's on a roster right now with the Cowboys where in front of him are who? Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. So Michael Gallup will go somewhere else and be a number one. Same thing now in college football. If a guy like, I'm just using him as an example because it's easy. Snoop Connor who we can all agree is the backup to whoever's the starter on Saturdays. Typically, on Ely, it's been Henry Parrish, but we've never seen, usually, Snoop take over as the number one going into a game. So a Snoop Connor can leave and be a number one somewhere else. And if it's a high-profile player like a Snoop Connor at an Ole Miss, he's going to have a good opportunity at another Power Five. A lot of kids that are third string or backups at UMass or whatever, now they're dropping down, but kids that have actually performed actually have a resume to their name, when they transfer, they're going to better their situation. Jacquez Jones knew in June, he was going to lose snaps to Chance Campbell. Look what's happened to Momo Sanogo and Lakia Henry. They're backups to Chance Campbell and Mark Robinson, who play the dominant amount of snaps. Jacquez, he went to Kentucky, and Jacquez has been an every-down starter for Kentucky. Yep. Now, the con of that is, if you sacrifice some high school recruits for some transfer portal guys... Well, the development aspect of it. Always having to overturn your roster. But I'm not sure if we're not already there. We're already there in basketball and football is becoming the same thing.
1: Yeah. Man, I would say another um another really big thing too is football concepts. So whenever you bring in a guy that at the transfer portal that has been in a college program for a year or two, um, he's gonna understand, you know, the complexity of some of the football concepts compared to a high school kid coming in. That hasn't um, you know, hasn't spent any time. I mean, honestly, come from high school. Some of the stuff they do in high school, but if it's not a high end program, is nothing like the verbiage you're going to hear in college. You got a whole year year for these kids to catch up. You know, learning football concepts, learning you know basic verbiage and football. Whereas this other kid coming in can, who's a transfer, can can contribute a lot quicker because he's kind of got the verbiage down. He's kind of understanding what certain defenses are. He spent a year studying it. Um, at, at another program. So you know, that, that to me is, is the biggest thing. They can play quicker and they can, they can adapt a lot quicker than a high school kid.
0: Jay Freshwater Esquire at the Swansonator. Hard to hear Kiffin upset about stadium noise again following A&M, one of the loudest games I've ever heard at the vault. How much do you think it's a lack of enthusiasm? And how much do you think it's architecture of the stadium? Superdome for the Saints. Only holds 74,000, but it's deafening with the roof. I think a lot of yeah. it, most of it has to do with architecture, but you and I have been around Ole Miss sports and Ole Miss athletics and Ole Miss football and the crowds for a long time. The environment isn't conducive to a really loud atmosphere. A lot of that is architectural, but also you got an old group, an old fan base, if you will, that are telling fans to sit down during the game. That's been happening forever. Hey, sit down. Sit down. we trying to watch the game. No, get your ass up. There's yeah, some of that, too. I do think conditioning the fan base to view and engage in the games themselves differently is something that Ole Miss has been working on and he's gotten better with, but it's still not there. But I think most of it has to do with the noise. is kind of dissipating, disappearing into the ether every single time Ole Miss plays a game, rather than kind of falling down on top of the field itself.
1: Yeah, our our stadium is definitely built – um, it's away from the sideline in good ways and it's out. So mm-hmm. I just don't think the noise is, is kind of penetrating down. Um, even when we try to, even when it's trying to be loud, um, it's just not that loud. Um, and a lot of that is by design because, um, you know, I played in much smaller stadiums that are built better that, that are much louder. So, um, hopefully with the new design, they'll, they'll figure out a way to, um, you know, you know, increase that and, and help with that. And I'm sure they will.
0: South Carolina was a good example. It was the first time I'd been on the field of a really, really loud stadium and environment, really been in it. And I was down there and I was shocked by how loud it was. And then I looked around. Now South Carolina is a lot bigger than Ole Miss's stadium, but it's really close to the field. And the way that the bleachers are set up, they're all kind of slanted down towards the field to where that noise just kind of tumbles down. And it felt like it was shaking. It got so loud there. And that is all architectural. And Ole Miss has what – four different stadiums crammed into one
1: yeah it, it, and it's kind of flattened out um you know it's, it's it's a big bowl that that has a big open open you know yeah sky of it so um yeah seattle i mean seattle doesn't hold that many people and it's so loud that it's that it's unbelievable but it's the way they built they built like a theater where you know i mean everything's tall and on top of you and there's there's a lot of like echoey type noise so it, it is so deafening there that it's um I mean, it is truly a home field advantage. I don't know that we ever lost a game there.
0: We'll get right back to Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman and eight-year NFL vet, in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. After I tell you about Alan Samuel's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels' Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels' Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Chaney's a call six six two two three four seven two two one, or go visit them at five hundred one Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open nine a.m. to nine p.m. Monday through Saturday, one p.m. to nine p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Chaney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. b Ole Miss Club at Bham Rebel Club. Buy or sell, Brad? Will both basketball teams make it to the NCAA tournament? You want me to take that one?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: I was kind of messing with Brad. He has no idea. I'm going to sell <laughs> Ole Miss men's basketball in the NCAA tournament. I think they're better. I think they're going to be competitive. But the SEC is better. It's going to be a hard road. I think they'll have a chance. I think they'll be in the bubble conversation. But until they break through again – it's easier to sell than buy right now. I think women's basketball will be closer to buying. problem is is they have all the talent in the world, and yet they still lose games like they did to Belmont. Now, Belmont's a good team, but if you consider yourself among the best in your conference, and the SEC is the best women's basketball conference there is, top to bottom, then you should beat Belmont, shouldn't you? So I'm going to sell both of them right now. I'd lean a little bit more towards women's basketball, but I actually really sneaky kind of love this Ole Miss men's basketball team. I've been burned before though, so I'm gonna sell, sell, and sell some more because I don't want to get burned again. Nubby at Nub sixty-nine. Brad, who is a former Ole Miss teammate that was awesome behind the scenes, but maybe Rebel Nation doesn't know much about.
1: Um, awesome behind the scenes. Uh you know, I I'm gonna say i am say that um a guy who maybe had maybe had a bad perception off of what he did um from where he came from but jeremiah mazzoli was actually a great teammate and a great dude um very nice guy like very good teammate um i guess and he's one of those guys and it's, it's just the same way with tyron matthew when i was in the nfl like when you meet him and hang with him like you can't believe some of the stuff people have said about about him because they're just really good dudes so it's like i don't know man he was one of those guys that, that kind of that kind of pops out to me as he was just a really good dude i know he had a little bit of a bad rap from what he did but um, behind the scenes, he was like an awesome teammate.
0: B Ford at B Ford 89. What's up with Pegram? Saw him dress out once. And now he's on the list for senior day. Strange situation. I don't think it's strange. They brought him in his depth. Luke Altmaier was better. He won the backup job and he's dressed when they felt like they needed an emergency quarterback. That's kind of all it is, right?
1: I'm with you there. I'm, I'm with, <laughs> I'm with the guy that asked the question. It's just odd. I mean, if you go somewhere as a transfer, like you want to play, no- roles to play like that's why that's why they brought him in i was thinking like maybe they were going to put him in like a skill position or something because he's certainly not going to see the field of quarterback
0: i don't know what that situation was about other than depth that's the only thing i can come up with nubby at nubsup up 69 Do either of you know if the future vault Hemingway stadium renovations are planning ways to make the stadium louder slash hold sound better yes i talked to keith carter for this podcast last week back and listen to it we talked about the renovations and they're working to make it more aesthetically cooperative yeah. if that's even a thing to make that sound stay closer to the field louder all that kind of stuff expanding the seats you're going to lose a little bit of capacity but kind of uh moving it closer to the field just getting it louder in there
1: yeah so i so i know a guy Um, you know, I I know they've showed it on an iPad to a couple of the big, big donors at Ole Miss, and I actually know one of the guys very well, and he was blown away by the, by the design. And, um, this is a guy who's, who, you know, he's, he goes a lot of different stadiums. He's a, you know, he, he would know he's, he wouldn't just get blown away by anything they were doing, but, um, he was, he was pretty impressed by, by the plan, um, you know, and, and what um well what they're planning to do so i i think people are gonna be pretty excited about it whenever they release it
0: evan o at evan lmnop can you speak on what exactly t tisdale did to be booted from the team he wasn't booted from the team he's been dressed out seemed like he had his head on the straight and was in line for a big year that's right but um he had a blow up and didn't respond to something very well in a team meeting and got in the doghouse and never got out Not pole assassins monkey at a true rebel underscore 99. Does Chance Campbell have one year of football eligibility left? He does. And his brother, Trace, has been offered as a preferred walk-on for next year for Ole Miss. He hadn't accepted it, but he's been offered. And I think it's interesting that Chance Campbell isn't being honored at senior night. He has a year of eligibility left. He's going to test the NFL draft waters. And chances are he's going to get back a good report and go pro. Still, if he came back, that'd be huge for the Ole Miss defense, Brad
1: yeah i mean it would it would be absolutely huge um yeah you get him and it looks like maybe that transfer from texas was pretty Im- impressed i don't know i think he's a linebacker you know you could yeah, be terrence cooks yeah i mean you could be in for for another, another pretty good year but yeah if he comes back next year um i think he's going to be all sec of some sort of some capacity if he's not a, that would be an absolute robbery um because what he's doing in this defense is is pretty phenomenal and i'm sure his stats are up there pretty high in the sec so um yeah, getting a guy back like that would be would be absolutely awesome for this defense.
0: Kevin at KAC 331759. Is the transfer portal in our position needs driving recruits away from our program? No. 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 Every no. single school is attacking the portal. No. Is Ole Miss leaning into the portal for talent more than other schools? No. No. Now some schools are prioritizing high school recruiting right now more than Ole Miss, but Any program worth its salt, not just Ole Miss, you you pick your school. LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, pick a school. Every single one of them are really attacking the NCAA transfer portal. You have to, because if you don't, you're going to get left behind. What do you think the breakdown is? 50% recruits, 50% portal for next season? Well, right now Ole Miss has 13 kids committed. They have no room. There's a hard-capped 85 Ole Miss is losing, I can't remember the number, but it's double digits, but it's not enough. So let's assume that Ole Miss signs at most 18, 19 high school kids. That's about right, 18 or 19. They're not going to sign the full 32. And I think they're going to sign at least six transfers, if not more. And it depends on that, the transfers, the number that they end up with high school guys. They just don't have enough room. And you can make room by encouraging players to leave because they're not going to play, and most of them would. Some of them stay and just enjoy their Ole Miss experience and go through practices and enjoy their scholarship. Most of them leave, but that's no guarantee. So I think right now what's leading to all the confusion for everybody out there recruiting-wise is that Ole Miss doesn't know the number it's working with right now. That should be settled within the next couple of weeks, but right now they don't know it.
1: Yeah, and and I I think they'll get a good, good idea of what they will be working with. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. These kids aren't going to sit around. They're not going to play. Very few. So I don't think they'll have any trouble. Um. You know, getting getting the spots that they need.
0: Galen Martin, music at GM Crutches. Hearing that the Hurst Dorch decommits were because Ole Miss essentially told them to look elsewhere. I don't see how that could possibly be true, especially with Hurst. Certainly, they wouldn't turn away a four-star offensive line prospect, regardless of the portal, right? Please help me understand. Well, you would understand if you subscribe to the Ole Miss Spirit, Ole Miss Spirit.com and own 3com because I've covered this ad nauseum. But to answer your question, Dortch was long expected to depart this class. They have not been recruiting that kid hard since July. I'll just leave it there. But Hurst, I've gotten conflicting information about Hurst. Some say that it was a hey, mutual parting. Others have told me that Ole Miss was surprised by it, that he's still on the list, that they're still recruiting him hard. But looking at the four-star prospect ranking for Hearst, you got to change the way you look at that kind of stuff. Because the first thing I was told when Hearst decommitted was that Ole Miss was close with a portal target on the offensive line, and that would happen. So they didn't get a name, but they were close. And I put a number, a number of names up on the Ole Miss Spirit, and for the 3com Sign up right now, a year for $10, four months for $1, but I was told that they were close, didn't get a name. And then I was told they were surprised and they still loved the kid, and they caught by surprise when he called and he committed on that Sunday. Dortz, completely expected. I've been telling y'all that was coming for a long time. Hurst, I still think, is in play. But as far as worrying about the star rankings and this kid's ranked this and that, you just have to change the way you think about all that kind of stuff. What have been the most impactful players for Ole Miss, newcomers this year for Ole Miss football? Transfers. Pick one freshman, one freshman that's really emerged outside of Tysheem Johnson.
1: Yeah. That's true, and uh, did, did I read somewhere where Mississippi State wasn't going to pursue Hearst either? Or it was, look at Brad—he
0: actually follows the Ole Miss spirit. He reads our stuff, our spirit recruiting dailies. I put that up. I heard hey, that Mississippi did, State isn't recruiting him hard.
1: I mean, makes sense. He doesn't really fit that scheme. I don't think. But who knows? See,
0: Brad's informed. I'm just picking with you, Galen Martin. Music at GM Crutches, but you should also sign up for the Old Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com. For the one dot Galen Martin music at GM Crutches. He's back again. Percentage chance Arkansas beats Bama this weekend? Zero. Oh, you can't what? give him a zero. Can't give him a where zero. Where's it at? Eleven percent.
1: I mean, where's where's the game played?
0: I don't know. Let me look it up.
1: Huh?
0: Arkansas, Alabama. You think we should know this? But we cover Ole this. It's Arkansas at Alabama. Okay.
1: Yeah, they're gonna get crushed. But not no 0%.
0: There's there's never a 0% chance. There's always a chance.
1: If Alabama has eight turnovers and Arkansas has no turnovers, they may lose by a touchdown. Is this for
0: betting purposes? If you're a betting person, I don't think anything about this game is bettable in Arkansas' I mean, that,
1: favor. Fred's got to be
0: 21-plus. Is there anything you like about Arkansas against Alabama?
1: No. Okay. Not at Alabama.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Evan O. At Evan LMNOP. With Corral's known ankle issues, why does he not tape them? Unless I'm mistaken, he hasn't done that in any game. That's not true. He did it against, I want to say, Auburn? I can't remember. There was one game where he taped his ankles, and he's taped them in pregame. But yeah. is there a benefit if- for somebody who's got a bum ankle to tape it up? I, I, I don't know.
1: Well, most guys do tape their ankle, and they're required to take the tape their ankle. You just can't see it. It goes on your actual bare foot, and a sock goes over it.
0: Did you tape your ankles?
1: Yeah, well, we had to either wear braces or, or you have to get your ankles taped in college. Um, in the NFL, you, we, did not have, we weren't required to, but I know in college we had to tape our ankle and wear knee braces. What
0: is the benefit of taping your ankle just to stabilize them?
1: Yeah, it's. I would say ninety percent of the guys tape their ankles, um, just to, you know, I mean, just give support to your foot. You're out there making crazy moves, and then if somebody were to fall into your, your ankle to give it a bit of support, you know, can maybe limit the sprain to maybe a grade one rather than a grade two. But, yeah, that's pretty standard. Most guys, I would say ninety five percent of the guys tape their ankle. Um, uh, Yeah, most guys tape both of them.
0: Not pole assassins monkey. At a true rebel underscore 99. I'll take this one, Brad. He's got two questions. I'll take the first one. You take the second one. Are you excited about Spider-Man No Way Home? Are you even into those type of movies? Am I into those type of movies? Am I into those type of movies? I'm offended. And a true rebel underscore 99 has listened to this podcast for a long time. He should know better. Spider Man is my favorite superhero ever because anybody can wear the mask. Anybody could have gotten bitten by the spider. I'm so, did, of uh, course. It's my most excited I've ever been about a movie. Well, not ever. I was really excited about Lord of the Rings. Uh, I could keep going. I'm not going to, but I could keep going. <laughs> I wasn't excited about Harry Potter when it came out, but now I am because I love Harry Potter, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about this stuff because I know that Brad doesn't care. Spider Man No Way Home is welcoming the multiverse. You're going to see Doc Ock and Electro and and all three Spider are going to be in it too, Brad. That doesn't appeal to you at all. Green Goblin's going to be there. Hobgoblin. No, <laughs> nothing. All right. Not Pole Assassins Monkey at a true rep score ninety nine. Brad, who would you call first after Kiffin eventually
1: leaves? Um, I think you start with Lebby, and then this is gonna this is gonna <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna go with people, but uh oh, if if Lebby were not to take it or Lebby were to, or lose Lebby. Why not have a reunion at Coach Freeze?
0: No, 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 no. That would never ever happen. It would never happen. No, 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 uh, no, no. It would never, ever, 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 ever happen. No. Forrest Crumby, just no. Forrest Crumby. Ugh. At Forrest Crumby. Man, I'm on tilt after that one. I'm with Joseph Broom. When are you going to play at Oaks Country Club? And how about Ben and Brad versus us in a two-man scramble? I will do that because I'm terrible at golf. But I promise y'all, y'all don't want that smoke with Brad. He's actually really good.
1: Where's Oaks Country Club? Is that down in, down in your area? Yeah, it's across the street from my house.
0: Probably shouldn't tell everybody that, but there it is. I drive my <laughs> golf cart across the street and go play golf.
1: Chances are it's, you're hitting driver you know, under sand wedge into most of those holes? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, good pitch and putt, I'll take it.
0: I'd be happy to do it. We can film it, too, if we can make it into content. I will take you up on it because nobody likes making fun of me more than me. T at underscore. It's just Tyler. I need to know what egregious thing Snoop did to deserve such treatment. He may not have to get the entire load, but damn, does he deserve more carries? Why have corral keeping it at the end of the game Saturday? Give Snoop the ball.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been, I I just think I gave up on this, this point. about midseason, Um, I just think that, that the way he's used is the way they they like to use him, or, 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 or whatever, but, you know, try to look into it a little closer. I saw there were some times where he was missing some, um, you know, some pass protection stuff. Um, that matters. Maybe, that, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I don't know, but when it comes to purely running the ball, um, he just hits it a little different. It just looks at a, it. looks a different speed. Um, and, you know, I would like to see him get 24 carries in a game to see what his stats would look like. But, you know, he's getting five, six carries a game. And he's scoring about, you know, once every five or six carries. So um, we'll take it.
0: Nick Blakely at CFC Nicholas. Where do we stand with Arch? I almost wrote an Arch update on Tuesday on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of who? on OM3.com. But I didn't do it because I know that any and all updates about Arch are going to absolutely blow up. So I'll simply say what I said on the message board on Tuesday when people are asking me, hey, Ben, where's that Arch update? Ole Miss has strengthened its position with Arch, and I'll leave it there. Chad Clardy, at Chad Clardy3, forget records this year. Simply based on football knowledge. Well, then I'm out. X's and O's, where does Brad rank Lane among college football coaches?
1: Um, I think he's up there at the very, very best, especially on offense if you look at the way that he is um exposing matchups um you know the the way he's matching up his routes with certain coverages and stuff i mean it's it's really next level i mean every game this year you've seen him expose some sort of defense i mean even even as good as anim is on defense you he finds a way to run a you know a rub route where pearson's wide open you know just he just knows, man. He he's running. You know the the concepts that he ru- he runs are very confusing for um you know for offenses. I mean for defenses. And I me mean, even look down on the goal line like he's running the same stuff they're running in the NFL. He's a big pick route guy, and a lot of a lot of coaches don't know how to implement that in their offense, but. You know, that touchdown to Drummond, um, yeah, it was it was it was a legal pick, but a lot of stuff he does is pick routes and that's what they do on Sunday. That's a lot of times the only way you can get open on Sunday because the guys are so good. But um some of the pick routes and stuff, I mean, to me, that's that's not your everyday common, you know, college offensive coordinator. And um, you know, I I just think in the past game is where he's where he's next level. Um I would like to see a little more of the run game, but I, I don't know that he, he actually handles that um that duty but um you know his passing concepts are i mean they're phenomenal if i if i'm a quarterback i am 100% wanting to come play um in this offense cuz it's exactly what you see on Sundays
0: Clay Bermuda at Clay Bermuda i was laughing i had to mute my mic this made me laugh What is Brad anticipating more Witcher season 2 or House of Dragon
1: <sighs> I don't even know what either one of those are but i'm <laughs> sure it's some kind of fairy tale or whatever whatever you guys call the the fictitious um, living, some metaverse. Maybe that's, that's the okay, common term.
0: Fantasy or superhero verse, or there's a number of things you could call it, but, but what did you say? What did you say?
1: It's like a metaverse or something.
0: Uh, the multiverse.
1: <laughs> I have no clue. The multiverse is real. I don't want to
0: go down that so, rabbit hole, but it's me- real, man. It's real. There's a Bradley Sal somewhere else that made a different choice. I'm not going to. He doesn't know about any of this stuff, but I thank Clay Bermuda for playing along with the troll because I love to throw this kind of crap at Brad and just listen to him just be exasperated with me. He has no clue, and it's wonderful. Joseph Broom, at Joseph underscore Broom. I heard you talking about Oaks Country Club on a podcast one day. When are you going to come out there and play a round of golf with me? I have two stipulations. One, no old talk, zero. And two, we have to drink. And not keep score. So I guess it's three rules, three rules, three stipulations. No <laughs> Ole Miss, drink, don't keep score. Brad's played ben, with me before. I just want to have fun.
1: Ben, I hope I hope he agrees to play with you and comes out there hammer drunk and asks you <laughs> Ole Miss questions <laughs> the whole time in your ear while you are playing.
0: Because <sighs> it would happen. B J Smith at B W Smith through my buddy B J. Where do you have Ole Miss ranked in the college football playoff rankings? I think ten sounds about right.
1: Yeah. So I alluded to this. So here's my thing on that. Um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, we're right where we are cause we lost Auburn. If we don't lose Auburn, I think we're probably five or six, somewhere in there, pretty close to it. Um, but I will say this, there's, there's Alabama, there's Georgia and the rest of the teams up there. I mean, I'm not. If Ole Miss is healthy, I don't, I don't think there's much difference. I mean, I think that that, that we agree. could hang with or beat us those teams. Um, If we're fully healthy and you know we're you know where where we play the ball and that we can play, but man, I honestly I don't I think there's just a lot of parity after one and two.
0: I agree. If Alabama loses to Georgia, does it matter? I feel like a two loss Alabama is still going to make the playoff. It just won't matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, and
0: that would suck.
1: Well, that they better hope that that they lose to to um to Georgia um and don't make the playoff because if they do if they do beat Georgia, they will play Georgia again for the national championship because they will absolutely crush um Ohio State or Oregon or Cincinnati or whoever's in there. It won't even be close.
0: BJ Smith at BW Smith three, if you could get one Kwanzaa Ole Miss sports gift slash wish for this year, what would it be? Absolutely no coaching staff drama. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I would say um, all, of the, all of the coaches back and Matt Corral decided to stay. Not all
0: of the coaches will be back. I know that for a fact.
1: Yeah, yes, they never are.
0: Going to jump right back to Bradley Sound, this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, after we hear from more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions, including b B&A Bank and Modern Woodman. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Jake at Callaway Jake. Is state actually good or what?
1: Gosh almighty. Dude, I don't know. Well, here, I'm about to be eating some crow because I've been really, really talking a lot of smack about state all year and they've suddenly gotten better. So now I'm like a little bit nervous. I'm like, oh, boy. Um, I mean, I've been talking some mad junk. So I know people have those messages in those groups, screenshot it, ready to blast me with them. So Ole Miss, please, please go down to Starville and take care of business because I am going to get absolutely – I mean, after they lost to Memphis, some of the stuff I said, Oh are – I'm going to I'm going to get slayed on these group text messages. So please, Ole Miss, go down there and win. Um, do not let me get absolutely hammered on these group texts. I know I'm going to. I think State's good. I think they've gotten better, and their quarterback's playing very they well. They shouldn't have yeah. lost
0: to State to begin with. That call on that special teams punt return
1: was horse crap. It's terrible, terrible call. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're they're a much better team. They're they're doing what Mike Leach teams do, and they suck the first year. They get better the second year. And then after that, they're a pretty darn good team. So um, this is his mo. This is what he's always done wherever he's been. It looks really bad at first, and then it just gets better. And man, they look much more comfortable in this silly offense.
0: T at underscore it's just Tyler. Is Kiffin just straight up being out coached in the second half of these games? especially as of recent other teams make adjustments and we do not. I am not educated enough to say whether or not Old Miss has made adjustments or not. So
1: Brad. No, I don't think he's being outcoached at all. I think it's, um, you know, a little, a little bit of it is, is other teams are making adjustments. A little bit of his execution on our part too. Um, you know, we had some in the second half, um, you have some mistakes in there, you know, you're fumbling, um, you know, making making some bad plays. So, um, you know, it's just something. You know, we started out so fast; we have four or some yards, and we and we did miss a long pass in, in that in that scheme as well. Um, it's just you know, sometimes you gotta you get in the game, you get in these laws, and we got to figure out a way to get out of them. You know, I think the scheme's still fine. I think um, you know, every, I think everything's good. And I would say I would say quite the opposite about our defense. Our defense usually plays better in the second half. Um, so no, I, I think he's fine. I just think it's one of those things where we got to get. Um, you know, we got got to figure out a way to execute and, and, and get going in the second half.
0: Lyle Roberts at Live to Play Sports. Which bowl do you believe Ole Miss ends up in? I'll go out and say Peach or the Cap One, Citrus Bowl, whatever it's called. AJ at STL Rebels. Lots of talk about getting fans in the stands. In my opinion, it's more about lodging, being affordable, or even being able to find it in that it is the price of tickets. Agree or disagree? I do think that the cost of actually having to come up for three straight home games, get lodging, all that kind of stuff, ticket prices, concessions, everything that does play a part because people learn during the COVID-19 pandemic, when everybody was at home, when no one was allowed in the stands, that it costs a lot less and it's really comfortable and you don't have to get caught up in traffic by just staying at home. So now it's on the universities themselves to win those fans back, to give them more than just the typical stuff before the pandemic to come to games. It's not just about the Grove anymore. It's not just about being in that stadium, being in the environment you have to reward the fans for their loyalty because it is easier to stay at home and you're not making it easier for them, especially when you charge them out the ass for everything. Everything. Parking, tickets, concessions, you name it. Everything costs a lot of money to go to sporting events. And what's the return on that? What is the true return on that other than the game itself? So give them a reason. So that's part of it too. I think that's a really good point.
1: I wish Ole Miss would have went back um – Maybe just for the season, just to see. Cause this is one of those seasons where they could have seen. Went back kind of old school a little bit, um, man. I think whenever they they limited some of the parking over there, the Tad Pad, all that, um, you know, it drove some fans out. Uh, I think you're right, man. I think this would have been a good year to to maybe lower prices and, um, you know, maybe maybe try to try to at least get. You know, I, I know we I know it sucked the pandemic year. We lost a lot of money, but um So they probably weren't able, didn't have the ability to do this, but uh, m- maybe lower the prices, maybe open some stuff back up where people can, just to get more people back in ball, and maybe it sparks some interest to be able to buy tickets and all that to get people back in the stands. But you're right, man. I mean, coming off of a pandemic year where people probably struggle financially, and you know they realize, hey, man, I could probably save you know a couple grand this year if I just don't go to the games, watch at home, buy some food. Um, you know, a lot easier, and I think that that's kind of set in with a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I don't know that they got their work cut out for them because honestly, if Ole Miss can't fill the stands in a year where they're nine and two or about to be nine and two, then you know, I don't know when there will ever be another time to fill them.
0: I agree. I will say, too, something that would motivate fans and get fans more actively involved a ticket lottery. There's so many ways that you can get fans engaged and bring them back. But it starts, like with everything, how does it affect you monetarily? That's where people make their decisions first. It's just true. And right now, it's really expensive to go to an Ole Miss game, any sporting event, not just Ole Miss. Alabama's not filling it up every single game either. That's Alabama. Yep. It costs a lot of money, man. It costs a lot of money. Jonathan Bussey, at underscore Coach Bussey, why does Lane Kiffin always change clothes at halftime? I didn't really notice that.
1: <laughs> I've never noticed that either. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I had
0: no idea. That's actually a really interesting story, but I would feel really stupid asking it, but now I really want to. Not pole assassins monkey at true rebel underscore 99. Obviously we think the offense will be fine, but what's Ole Miss's record next year, assuming the defense is even better.
1: Um, I mean, it's hard. I mean, what do they do in the portal? They, what are they doing in the portal? That's where, that's where it all starts now. It's like, I don't know. I mean, do we go out and get a a big time quarterback? That's, you know, really good in the part of experienced quarterback that can play well or do we miss in the portal and we don't, you know, we end up with, with Altmeier or, or whatever, that's still young and developing. And maybe it's a tough year. Who knows, man? I mean, it all depends on who you get. It really does. And, and we won't know any kind of record prediction until we see what the final, you know, camp roster looks like, or who we got on campus.
0: Will Quinn at Will Quinn 1107 will Arch be a mid-year enrollee at whichever school he chooses. It's my understanding that that's the current plan, yes. World Series champion Nate at Nate underscore Bloomberg. Have you heard any rumors from the receiver room on potential touchdown celebrations for the Egg Bowl? I have an idea for one, if they haven't thought of any. I have not. We don't really catch wind of those kind of rumors. Barrett Freeman at Freeman Guy B. What is the realistic ceiling on what we can pay Kiffin? Eight to eight and a half million? Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. Why does Ole Miss get the reputation from national media? as being a stepping stone job.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, but I think that's, um, I don't know. I think it's a misconception. It's just, it's no different than the, the misconception of Mississippi itself in general. I mean, outside of Mississippi, there isn't a whole lot of respect for the state. Um, you know, everywhere I've been, you know, where when you say you're from Mississippi, everybody immediately thinks you're some dumb dude from, you're from, some from
0: backwards redneck that's running around in your Confederate flag bandana.
1: Well, it's it's no different here. They don't realize what's here if they've never been, um, you know, in this area. They don't realize what's here. But if you come here, what you'll find is, um, you know, it has every it offers everything. It's it's right? so in my opinion some of the best bones in college football. All it's going to take is you know the right coach, the right investment, um, you know. And, and and now I think we've got the right coach, and I think that we're starting to invest in the in the program and, and, and making everything as first class as possible. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's very much so can be a, can be a, a national, which is already one of the top jobs in the nation. You cannot convince me it's not, but, um, that there's no reason it can't, um, it can't win a national championship at Ole Miss. It, it, and I'm telling you, I've been a lot of different places. Um, it, it, it can certainly be done here.
0: Will Quinn at Will Quinn 1107. What happened with Paul head? I was a young rebel fan back then. I was too. But I remember him playing the first half against LSU and Baton Rouge one year, and then Stuart Patridge came in, and I never really remember anything else from him. I don't either. I don't know.
1: I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. I remember, I remember the name, but... Um,
0: Unsolved Mysteries cool. time. Going to have to find that
1: out. Paul Head. We'll, we'll figure him out.
0: Going to have to send out the search party. Skinny Legs Odom at KCON underscore 10. What is a realistic transfer portal quarterback you would like to see on campus next year? Spencer Rattler. That is real. You, there's enough there, want, there. Yeah.
1: You want him, huh?
0: Yeah. Why not? Be fun as hell. Yes. Good for business. Good for the Dude, on field well, product. I yeah.
1: Forgot, I heard they benched the other kid last week. They did. And put him back in. They did. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> gone,
0: though. He's gone. And there's some there, there. I'm not just saying it because it's the sexy name. Because I didn't ever want to bring him up unless it was real. And then I got enough to say that, yes, it's real. Do I think it's going to happen? I have no clue. I just do know that Ole Miss will be – a possible landing spot for
1: him. I will say this, and I'll go out on a limb and say this: Ole Miss will get the best quarterback available in the, in the portal. The best. I believe, I believe they'll get the best because of Lane Kiffin. What you just saw happen with Matt Corral, I think that that what we'll if if whoever the best quarterback is in the portal, Ole Miss will certainly be under consideration, considering what the kid will step into offense wise, and. um yeah, you know, I, I just don't see a, a scenario where a kid would want to immediately start in the SEC with a coach who's letting you throw it, um, you know, downfield, throw it all over the place, and, and put up big numbers. It just makes sense. It makes too much sense for a guy that's trying to get out of a situation to to potentially propel himself to the NFL. I just don't see a better situation out there than than playing for Lane Kiffin.
0: Noah Davis at Noah underscore Dell. How slash when will transfers begin to impact recruiting class rankings? That's a great question. Great question. I don't know for sure. I can only speak for on three. And that's certainly something that's going to factor in once the full database is rolled out in
1: 2022
0: on 3 He's got an incredible database coming out. Unlike anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, that I'm would not just saying cool. that it's, it's, it's no, going to be, be
1: cool yeah. to, to rank the portal guys and like add them to your rank I mean, I think that should be a really neat idea.
0: I don't want to get in trouble here. I don't know how much I can reveal about it, but how can I say it? I guess I'll just simply say NIL will play a big, big role in the upcoming database. And what they've got planned for it is is—it's insane. It's insane. I'm not just saying that because I'm now with all three. It's just true. Because I saw the back end and all the stuff they're putting into it. And this NIL stuff, it's crazy to me. So that's a great question. I don't know how to factor into class rankings, but it's coming. And I would say probably in the next couple of years, at worst, Trace Stuttered at Trace Stuttered. Do all three running backs return next year? No, no, no. No. Yeah. No. Brad agrees when he says yeah. He doesn't think so either.
1: No. I don't know. I think there's a chance.
0: Well, of course there's a chance. There's a chance that Arkansas beats Alabama.
1: No, there's no chance. What's a more there's...
0: likely scenario? Arkansas beating Alabama, all three running backs for Ole Miss coming back next year. I would say Arkansas beating Alabama.
1: I would say it's our running backs coming back. I mean, but it's close. Yeah. Admit it. It's close. It's nowhere, it, no, it's not even, it's nowhere near close. I disagree. Our running backs will be back, unless, unless Snoop transfers.
0: It's not just Snoop. Craig Rodriguez, at C underscore Rod 30. Does anyone in media ever ask Kiffrin or Levy why we go so conservative after moving the ball downfield with Corral throwing the ball vertically? Seemed on Saturday to throw the ball laterally more in the second half than vertically. I don't know if that question's been asked or not. I, I don't no longer look to do team stuff anymore as far as being on those press conference calls or anything like that. So I I don't know. Do you see anything like that conservative play calling a change in the second half? I feel like that really only happened last week. Maybe it did in the other games and I just didn't really notice it. Cause I don't pretend to be some expert enlighten me.
1: Yeah. I think that that um, you had a couple of things going on last game. I think it's still um, there's some plays that can't be ran because of Matt Corral. What what's going on with his ankle and all that. And I think at the same time they they were trying to play against their strength, which is which is their D line, who was really good. I think they were trying to give the O line a chance to lean on them, tire them down. And I think they were trying to run lots of, you know, screens, draws, you know, just different type of stuff to to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and not let them dictate the game. I think they got a little too over conservative with it. But I, I do know what they were trying to do. You know, you, you, you when you're running those sweeps um, to the outside, that's to get the defense running sideline to sideline. You come back with a downhill run after you get them breathing a little bit. Um, third down and, and long, you're trying to get them up the field, a screen, you know, run a screen over the top of them. You're trying to keep that defense honest, but I think we got we did get a little too conservative um, in the second half. But, but I, I do see where they were coming from game plan-wise. They weren't going to let that defense, that D-line wreck them um and get shots on the quarterback they're going to try to keep him off balance and um i think it worked for the most part i mean our, the play the shots downfield were there at times which is all you can ask for versus a good defense you know hey i i don't have to hit them every play but there were shots to be had downfield we just missed on the one to pearson and we hit on a couple others so um overall probably a little bit more conservative than than i think they they would like to have been in the second half but there was a design to it, which was which was to keep their defense. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was thinking they were heavy blitz. Plus, their their D line was really good. I think that I think we were just trying to offset that um, that mismatch.
0: And yes, that was the Craig Rodriguez, former Ole Miss baseball pitcher. We got to get Craig on the podcast, don't we?
1: That yeah. Ask that
0: question. Yeah, asking Bradley Sal, former pitcher for Ole Miss baseball, Craig Rodriguez, asking Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss football player, about conservative play calling in the second half. That's the beauty of Talk of Champions, Morgan I Montgomery. Love it. At Morgan M one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. What can Kiffin or Lebby do to help the offense score in the second half?
1: Um, I mean I do not I d I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think you can maybe not be as conservative and um at the end of the day, man, there there are plays there to be had. Um, you know, I think there's just a you know, a little bit of lack of execution on top of um you us know, being slightly limited with with Corral's injury. I mean, I, we're just a better team when Corral can run. We always have been ever since he's been here. Um, and right now, he's not able to do that the the way he was. And I think defenses are are um, you know or maybe dropping in coverage a little more, not really respecting the run like they've had to. So hopefully, in these next couple of games, especially state eight, he gets back where he's full throttle. I think you're going to start seeing some some more stuff open up if if he can use his legs.
0: Will Quinn, since Brad, you never seem to appreciate the same genre of TV slash movies. Thank you, Will. What does Brad watch?
1: Uh, usually at night, something low key like Shark Tank. Uh, oh I'm really God! <laughs> I'm real into business stuff. I'm real into you know this is going to. I'm, ba- I'm really a bit. big.
0: I'm really big on the buzzers. I'm I a really But I like.
1: I'm I, a very important person. I like Dateline too, which is which makes me essentially a grandpa. <laughs> oh my so.
0: God, and you make fun <laughs> of me? Oh, I'm sorry. That I love escapism and going into other worlds. Forgive me for loving Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm the weird one. I'm not a serious super business guy that likes to watch Dateline and Shark Tank.
1: <laughs> Eddie Hazel, dude. I, have, I don't do fiction. I don't like fiction stuff.
0: Eddie if it Hazelway. gets too
1: late, I'll, I'll I will turn on the the, the news. So that's that. That dates me a little uh, bit. Then you do love fiction. Oh, oh, oh! No, dude. Get it? The Get Memphis it? news is far from fiction. It's real.
0: Eddie Hazelwood at e hazel zero zero one. How would Georgia's defense fare against two thousand nineteen LSU or two thousand twenty Alabama?
1: Man, I think I think they would dominate them. I really do, man. This that defense is. Listen, there's been good defenses. This defense is ridiculous. Like. They're giving up, I think, maybe single-digit points per game in college. And at one time, it was like five points a game. Now, that's that's on a whole other level. They're stacked, man. Uh, I, I think they would I, – I don't think – I still don't think either one of those teams would have put up more than more than 20 points on them. Beans.
0: <laughs> beans. This is his name. It's Beans. Could taking the points, field goals, and other losses – have contributed to a win instead of a loss. Analytics don't account for momentum swings a team gets for a red zone turnover on downs.
1: Um, You know, I have my feelings about it the same way that others do, but this is what because he's given. a super
0: serious man that only cares about business.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Don't get me started on your superheroes. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that taking the field goal at times is um, is the correct thing to do, but it's just not what Lane does. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it just it just is what it is. I, I, I personally think it would have helped us in Auburn to take the points just based off of the momentum of the game and stuff. But um, Lane sees it a different way, and that's just kind of what we have to deal with. I mean, um, there are times where I feel like he's out there playing Madden. <laughs> I mean, it's it's wild. You know, but that's just what we do. And, and you know, we, we also got a fourth down. That was a touchdown during that game, too. So it kind of evens itself out. And, um, you know, that's the way he likes to play it. And as long as he's consistent, which, is, which he has been, I think we just all accept it and just say, hey, we're going to win some because of it. That's right. And we, may, we may even lose one because of it.
0: Brad has brought me over to the side of, because y'all all know, I'm a numbers guy, I'm a math guy, analytics guy when it comes to sports. But Brad has brought me over to, he's not just going by the book. That's bull. He is not. He absolutely is
1: not just going by the (laughs) book.
0: There's no way. There's no
1: way. If he is going by the book, there's no book in America that says you run a fake field goal (laughs) when it's 15 to 10 and you have a chance to go by eight. With your punter. Find me that book.
0: That book is not existent. It's not a book. There is a book, but he's not going by it every single time. He makes those calls. Mike McNatt at M McNatt. Brad, why do you think... The time the offense is on the field isn't the same as the amount of time a defense is on the field. Why would a defense be tired and offense not be?
1: Um, well, the, the only people that actually get truly, truly tired on offense are the receivers, and they rotate. So O-line gets tired, but, but you're not running um, long distances. Now, it's short. Um, it is physical. But as far as like physically exhausting, um, you know, defense they run sideline on. Side they have to tackle. Um, you know, there's plays on the O line where, you know, you you're blocking, but it's, you know, it's not you're not running anywhere. You're staying in the same area, and maybe it's not the craziest of, of blocks, and you actually don't do anything that play well. every time on defense they're running, you know, guys are running around, you have to run and tackle, hit the ground. So it, I, defense is just a little bit more exhausting, man.
0: Will Quinn at Will Quinn eleven zero seven. I remember Quay Davis being someone that we thought might come in and contribute this year at wide receiver. With the injuries we've had at wide receiver recently, I figured we might get to see him. Do you think he's just buried on the depth chart or needs a transition year coming from JUCO? Buried on the depth chart, and I would be surprised if he's back next year. Justin Bush at Bush Justin D. Imagine if Elijah Moore didn't celebrate in the end zone in 2019. Matt Luke would be the coach. During the COVID season, Ben Mintz wouldn't be at Barstool. Lane Kiffin, I love Ben Mintz. He's a good friend. Been on this podcast countless times. But wh- why is Ben thrown in there? <laughs> <I
1: don't
0: laughs> Lane <laughs> Kiffin would be at Arkansas. Matt Corral would be at Oregon. Who would be our coach, and will we have beaten Liberty?
1: Wow. Dude, that, that's thinking deep, but you know there is something to it. But, but that's just assuming that Luke Logan would have still made the extra point from up close.
0: That's a good so point, and that would have just we, tied it. Then you're going to overtime and winning.
1: Yeah, yeah, you just don't know. I think I, I think the writing was on the wall there, regardless just just based off of the overall excitement on Ole Miss sports. I mean, if you think we're having trouble getting fans in the stands now, when we're nine and two with Lane Kiffen, I mean, the next year you you may have you may you may have had ten thousand a game.
0: I know for a fact that Keith Carter was planning to keep Matt Luke no matter what happened in the Egg Bowl. But because of the fan response, it was untenable. There's no other choice to be made. He had to fire Matt Luke. At least he felt that way. So fans, you matter. You matter. What you do, how you show up, the money you spend, it matters. It mattered there. Because Ole Miss was in a spot where there was nothing but a bleak outlook for years. just had to happen. Justin um, Bush at Bush Justin D did the Braves re-sign Freddie Freeman I think so yeah but I mean this when I say it and some of you are going to go wait blasphemous the Braves just won a World Series I've got on my wall right now all three covers of the Atlanta Journal Constitution framed worth the wait champs it's ours I love Freddie Freeman he needs to be brave for life
1: he'll look good in that Yankees uniform next year
0: (laughs) (sighs) having said that does it matter anymore They won. I'm the perfect age to enjoy it, too. To just be happy. I'm content. I want Freddie back. I want the Braves to win 18,000 more titles. But it doesn't matter. Because they won one. And I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime to appreciate it. Truly appreciate it. Because I watched the Braves win once. But I was too young. Now, it's different. I can savor it. I remember where I was when Jorge Soler hit his home run in game six. So if Freddie resigns, and I think he will, great. But if he doesn't, Had they not won the World Series, I'd have been
1: devastated. But now,
0: I'm good. I'm kind of good for life.
1: Do you remember what brand of tissue you used when you were bawling, watching your team? Yes,
0: puffs. Because my daughter
1: was sick (laughs) and she has to have a certain kind of
0: puffs because she says she has a very sensitive nose. (laughs) And I was. I cried like a baby. So wait a second. Wait a second. You make fun of me for the movies I watch, for the shows I watch, for the books I read. And you make fun of me for getting emotional about
1: my sports teams? Dude, I only I say that because I, I'm the same way. I, that's I, what I, I'm
0: saying. How dare I, you? I know yeah. how big of an Ole Miss <laughs> fan you are. If Ole Miss won a national title in football, you would cry like a baby.
1: Dude, I used to cry when we'd lose a regular game, a regular season game. Like What game how, do you remember last crying about? Uh, I think that LSU game down in LSU. Mm. Um, but when we gave it away there at the end, um, uh, that's when we, we recover the onside kick. Cause if we win that game, we have a chance to go to, we have a chance to play the last game for a bowl. Um, this was Mazzoli's year. Um, we got after them all game. Um, that one hurt, that one probably hurt me more than anything because I wanted to somehow get to a ball game. Um, you know, at least get to a ball game that year. Um, and that one, that one was tough, man. Cause I knew we, we I mean, I think that put us at like seven losses, I think we were like four and six at the time. We had a chance to win the last two to go to a bowl. And um, that would have at least given us a shot um, to do so. And it didn't work out.
0: This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of Ole3.com. I'll be back with Zach Berry. For Talk of Champions recruiting later on this Thursday. Yes, a double dip of Talk of Champions on this Thursday. And Brad and I will be back for the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show on Sunday. It's going to be the morning after show again. It's 6.30 is the kickoff against Vanderbilt. We're not going to stay up to talk about Ole Mrs. beatdown of Vanderbilt. Probably record at like what time? 9, 9.30
1: on Sunday? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, 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 we do if, um, maybe we do it if it's not too late. We'll see.
0: Don't make promises you can't keep. See you, buddy. See you, man. Howdy toddy. Done.